0: I don't know. I'm going to try to do my best. It's a long bit of Scripture, so we won't stand because of the length of the Scripture. But as we look at this text this morning, we'll see in Acts 8 how God begins to move on the behalf of Philip. And we see in the beginning of Acts chapter number 8, he goes and he preaches... And people respond. And that's what we talked about last week, how that when he preached, they believed. And when they believed, God healed them. And when they were healed and they believed, then they had joy at the end of verse number eight. So I'm going to try my best to share with you what I feel like the scripture is trying to teach us here in Acts chapter number eight. And we're going to read uh, from Acts chapter number eight, verse nine, all the way down to verse number 24. All right, so I'll try to read as fast as I can. I'm not a fast reader, but just try to follow along there in Acts 9, 8, verse 9. And there was a certain man called Simon, who, which before time in the same city, which is the same city that they were in, which is Samaria in verse number 5 and which in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was someone, some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because, of, because that of long time that he had bewitched them with sorceries. And when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he uh, and when he was baptized, he was continued, and he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. And now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, uh, who, who when they were come down, uh, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of Jesus then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on the apostle laying of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Now I want you to think about this, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. How awful this was uh, that he would offer them money because he thought maybe he could buy the Holy Ghost. In verse number 19, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot. In this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God if he perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. And they, uh, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Lord, as we come to you this morning and we pray, I first of all, I want to thank you for my salvation. Thank you for saving me. In spite of me, in spite of who I am, in spite of what I've done, you saved me. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Mid-County Baptist Church. I thank you for every person that is here this morning. I thank you for the ground work that you've laid, the things that you've laid before us this morning, things that you've laid before us in our past. But Lord, I pray that we would open up our hearts and our minds to the Holy Spirit of God and allow him to work in our life this morning. We love you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. This is what we see in this text. (coughs) Is God beginning to move? Listen to me. Uh, It's very important that you understand this. A true moving of God. A true Holy Spirit moving on a place, Holy Spirit moving in a, in a group is when people respond for salvation. Uh, just because a, a group is, uh, is the, they feel like the Spirit is moving and the things are happening, unless people are getting saved, unless people's lives are being changed, that, that is evidence of the true work of the Holy Spirit of God is people's lives being changed and people being saved. There are things that take place in churches today that are called in the name of the Holy Ghost that would make the Holy Ghost uh, shameful because there are things that the Holy Ghost doesn't approve of, doesn't want to go on and doesn't, doesn't want it to happen, but people do it. Listen, the Holy Ghost of God is going to draw you to Jesus. No man. The Bible talks about Jesus drawing all men unto him and the Holy Spirit of God convicted me uh, when I was uh, 12 years old and I got saved and it was in a meeting in church when, I, when the Holy Spirit convicted me, I was at home when I responded to the Holy Ghost of God. My brother got saved when he was at home. Whether you got saved at home or whether you got saved at church or whether you got saved uh, however or whenever you got saved, but the Holy Spirit drew you to a point for you to get saved. There'll never be a time when someone gets saved that the Holy Ghost is not convicting them and drawing them to him. And a true moving of God is the Holy Spirit of God drawing people to salvation and people's lives being changed and people walking out different than the way they walked in. When Philip began to preach to them the gospel, when he began to preach to them the gospel, some things began to happen. Number one, we're going to look in the Scripture this evening, or this morning, (coughs) The first thing that happened was the apostles heard about the apostles heard about Philip. In verse number 14, the Bible says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. What had taken place, it's not like today. It wasn't like they had social media. It wasn't like they could get on the internet and pull up Philip's podcast. And they wasn't pulling up his live stream video. They heard that the gospel had been heard. And the gospel had been preached. And so what happened is the apostles heard. And so they went down to Samaria to make sure that Philip was preaching it right. And it's important, now I will say this, it is important as a church that we preach it right. Huh? It's important as a preacher that I preach it right. It's important that we stand on the book that's right. Because as it said in the bulletin this morning, if you read it, that every word of God is important. This Bible is the basis of all that we believe and all that we stand on. And without this book, we have nothing to stand on. This book. This book. I'm just a crazy man waving my arms and screaming my head off. If this book ain't true, you probably still think I'm crazy. Preacher standing up there screaming his head off and waving his arms in the air, even though the book is true. Why does he have to be so loud? Ask my wife, why do I have to be so loud? Why do you gotta be so loud? It rubs off on my children. I'm sorry, (laughs) babe. Rubs off on my children. We have one in particular. I'm not going to say her name because she's in the auditorium this morning, but one daughter that is so loud. I mean, her level, her level 5, her level 5 is a level 15. Hey, be quiet. And it's a 15, all right? I'm not picking on you, Lindsay. I promise I'm not. But they come by it naturally. I'm loud. I'm sorry. If that bothers you this morning, but it's not going to change. And when I get to talking about what the Lord's done for me and what the Holy Spirit has done for me and where he brought me from and what he saved me from, I can't help but tell you in a voice that's lifted what God's done. There's nowhere in my notes does it say, hey, get loud at this point. Scream real loud. Holler! There's never. A, there's. That's just all in lower caps, so that I'll remember not to be so loud. Hey, you want to know if somebody's yelling at you? Just if they've got all caps on, all right? They're yelling at you, right? And that I I don't have none of this in caps, so I'm not yelling at you. I promise. As we look at this, the apostles wanted to come down to make sure that Philip was preaching it right and teaching it right. when the Lord moves truly, you'll hear about it. When the Lord moves in your life, people in your neighborhood, people in your family will know that God's worked on your heart and God saved you. If you truly have been saved this morning, people in your family know that you've been saved. You don't hide it. The Bible talks about not being ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I'm not ashamed to be a born-again believer this morning. And so my family knows about it. But when the Lord moves, people hear. And again, as I said it in the introduction, and I say it again, the true moving of God is lives being changed. True moving of God changes people. We see here, as they come, the apostles heard, and so the apostles come to this group in Samaria, and they pray over them that they would receive the Holy Ghost of God. Now, I want you to understand something It's important that you understand this. When I got saved, when I asked Christ to save me, the Holy Spirit of God moved inside of me. And I got every bit of the Holy Ghost I'm ever going to get. You understand that? I'm not going to get any more Holy Ghost. I'm not. The Bible is teaching here in Acts chapter number 8 that when they prayed over them, that they would get the Holy Spirit of God. Before the New Testament, the Holy Spirit of God would move on and move off of people. It's seen in, the, in Saul, the king. It's seen in Samson in the Old Testament. It's seen the Holy Spirit would move on and the Holy Spirit would move off. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit of God moves into our lives and he indwells us. And that is the work that is being done. And so the apostles came to pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon them. But if you will notice in this scripture, again, when they received the Holy Ghost of God, there was nothing supernatural going on because they received the Holy Ghost of God. There will be those that teach and preach that when you receive the Holy Ghost, there's something that magical that happens, or there's something that has to take place as an evidence of the Holy Ghost of God. When they received the Holy Spirit of God, He moved into them, He indwelled them, He sealed them until the day of redemption, is what it says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. That's when the Holy Spirit of God moved in, and He sealed me forever. That's what happened. They came to pray and laid on hands that they would receive the Holy Ghost of God. And when he did, it happened. It was there. It was done when the apostles heard. (coughs) If you've asked Jesus Christ to save you this morning, you have the Holy Spirit of God. And he lives inside of you. As I said before, when I got saved, I got every bit of the Holy Ghost I'm ever going to get. But it's just like this. I don't know. I maybe I've maybe I've knocked on your door and come inside your house and you've allowed me to see portions of your house and you've allowed me to come in maybe I've seen your living room and maybe one of the kids said hey come look at my bedroom or something so I went back there and I looked at your bedroom but you know what do you know where you've allowed me to go is the only place that I've been allowed to see so when the Holy Spirit moves into your life, the only part that He's going to have and the only part that He's going to live in is the only part that you allow Him to be in. So if you only allow the Holy Spirit just to dwell in your heart and He don't start controlling your hands, or don't start getting to your eyes and getting to every other part of your body, He ain't going to be there because you've not allowed Him to be in there. Because when we allow the Holy Spirit to indwell us, where the Bible says to be filled with the Spirit. And the Bible likens it in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, be not drunk with wine. Wear in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, it will affect you just like you've been filled with wine. When someone who has been drinking, it affects them. It affects their speech. It affects their vision. It affects their walk. It affects their talk. Does it not? Yes or no? Yes. yes. So when the Holy Spirit of God moves into you, and you've allowed Him to work in your life, and you, you've allowed Him to indwell you, guess what begins to change? Your vision changes. Your, your, uh, your walk changes. Your talk Changes, and that's the same evidence of being drunk with wine as it is being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Is that we allow Him to move Him and take residence and take control and make sure that I walk the right way and make sure that I see the right things and make sure I say what I need to say because Christians shouldn't talk like everyone else, huh? We shouldn't use the same language that everyone else does. There ought to be a difference how we talk. There ought to be a difference how we walk. What do you mean, Brother Trenton? I mean the way that you live should not be the same way as the neighbor who's lost down the street. We shouldn't live the same way. Because somebody lives inside of me, his name is Jesus. Not only that, but he affects how we walk and we talk. But we ought to affect our eyesight, how we see things. Amen. That's right. How we see the Word of God. <clears throat> Ever been a time in your life, man, years ago before you got saved, you didn't understand a single thing you read in that Bible? Man, that, that's like, that sounds like Greek to me. I can't understand that. Look, what does that mean? But the more you grow and the more you get closer to the Lord, the more you allow the, the Holy Spirit to work in your life, the more that you understand. And the more that you... Huh? I, I didn't know that it said that. I, I didn't know that it meant that. It yeah, it becomes more clear. Our eyes become affected by the Holy Spirit who's just trying to work in our life. Because He begins to affect our talk and our walk and the way that we see things. You say, Brother Trenton... That's very vital to Christianity is that we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. When the apostles heard that they had been saved, they went down there to make sure Philip was preaching it right. And guess what? Philip was. Because in Acts chapter 8 and verse 5, the Bible says in verse 5, he said, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached... Christ unto them. You know what Philip was preaching? And we talked about last week, so I'm not going to get into that. He preached Jesus. He preached Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, we need to preach Jesus. But number one, the apostles heard. Number two, there arose trouble. There arose trouble. Look in verse number nine. Philip had just In verse number eight, there was great joy because people had gotten saved. People had responded and people had been healed. But the Bible says in verse number nine that there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria. This man was a sorcerer. This man was bewitching people. This man was uh, causing things havoc with the church causing havoc with the people. And the Bible tells us in in the next verse, in verse number 10, that they believed that this man had great power of God because he was able to do things and able to move things and able to see things. You think that just for a moment, listen, I'll be honest with you, psychics and all that kind of stuff, we ought to stay away from that kind of stuff. You know what this sorcerer was doing? That's what he was foretelling. He was doing something he shouldn't have not been doing. You don't think for just a moment that the devil can't give those type of people power and Ouija boards and all that kind of stuff. Stay away from the satanic things. Watch what you put on your TV because that's there are satanic things that the devil uses the devil used this man Simon in this area to cause trouble and the devil will cause trouble anytime Amen. he can cause trouble in your life those things are real those things are used by the devil we need to be careful on what we see and what we touch and what we read The devil's real. Sorcery's real. Ah, preacher, you're crazy. Witches are real. Satanic attack of the devil. Ain't nothing good about it. Simon was a sorcerer. And he bewitched the people thinking that he had done something good and that he was of God, and truly he was of the devil. Amen. This arose trouble. I want to tell you, though, anytime time God begins to work, and any time God begins to save people, oh, Satan going to come up. There's going to be somebody, someone begin to cause trouble. When the church is going good and things are going smooth and God's working and people are being saved, there's always got to be some troublemaker, somebody who's always going to try to cause trouble, some gossip somewhere, uh, someone who wants to run their mouth about the things of God. Uh, Look, uh, get out the way. uh, Get out the way. Uh, We don't want trouble. We don't want you. We don't want trouble in the house of God. You want to cause trouble? Go somewhere else. I don't like it. You said that's mean. I don't care. Well, I don't want trouble. You want trouble? Go find somebody else to stir up trouble with. When God works, trouble comes. So if you hear somebody running their mouth or you hear gossip, gossiping about somebody, shut them up. Stop them in their spot. Because if you won't listen, they won't tell. They won't. Amen. <laughs> if you've got a problem, then this is the guy you need to come talk to. You say, Brother Trinder, you got problems. No, we don't. I, don't, I don't know that we have a problem. But if you've got a problem, you come, you come open your mouth and you talk to the leadership and let's take th- care of things and don't spread it out a- around everyone else. And then five months later, Brother Trenton finds out about it because you were upset six months ago and you started telling everybody else except the preacher. That's a good way to start trouble. That's a good way for a church to have all kinds of problems. But when God works, trouble comes. So stomp it out. That's right. When God worked in Samaria, it arose a, a sorcerer in the town that had control over a lot of people. <laughs> but you'll see that this sorcerer, I truly believe, in verse number 13, I really question whether this is real or not. Look in verse number 13 then Simon himself believed also. Is he a sorcerer? Is he a sorcerer? Is Simon a sorcerer, yes or no? Come on now. Come on. I need more people to respond than that. More than two of you. Was Simon Simon a sorcerer, yes or no? Yes. The Bible says in verse 13 that he believed and was baptized. Now, I truly question whether he truly got saved. You say, why do you question that he believed? I want to tell you, the Bible says in the book of James, listen to me, the Bible says in the book of James that the devils believe and tremble in God. The devil believes in God, and the devils believe in God. So just may I say to you this morning, just because you believe in God doesn't mean that you're going to heaven this morning. This Simon, the sorcerer, he, the Bible says that he believed, but in later on in verse number 18, he says, well, Hey, can I offer you some money for the Holy ghost? If he got saved and they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost, why in the world would he be offering them money to get the Holy Spirit of God if he already had it? Because right. he didn't. Why would he, pay? why would he want to pay money for the Holy Spirit of God? But I look at this as well in verse number 20. But Peter said unto him, He said, Thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither watch, thou hast neither part, thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. You know what Peter just told him? He said, But you're lost, and you don't have the Holy Ghost, and you don't have Him. That's exactly what Peter just told him. You're lost. So again, I say to you, just because you believe in God doesn't mean you're going to get to heaven. That's right. You know what it takes for you to get to heaven? Jesus. Amen. You have to believe that you are a sinner and you can't get to heaven. And you have to believe that because of the blood of Jesus, you can get there. That's how you can go to heaven. Amen. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because if everybody was going to heaven that believed in God, then the devils would go to heaven too. The apostles heard. A trouble arose. Any time there's a work of God, trouble arises, and a lot of times it is caused by someone who's truly not born again. Now I will say this: I'm going to say this. I'm going to move to the next point, and then we'll be done. Okay, you guys are like, man, I'm about done. All right, here we go. This Simon, he wanted to pay for the Holy Spirit. You can't pay for the Holy Spirit. Look, much less, look at me, I, I, you can't pay for the things that God can, can, can give you. You, know, you can't pay for forgiveness. Understand that? It doesn't matter how much money you put in that offering plate, it's not forgiving you of your sins, okay? I don't care how much money you slide the preacher, I'm not forgiving you of your sins, Just because you give me money or just because you give church money doesn't mean you get forgiveness of sins. Doesn't mean heaven Heaven can't be bought with money. You can't buy your way into heaven. You can't purchase a ticket to heaven. You can't purchase your forgiveness of sins. You can't purchase the Holy Ghost with money. You can't do it. It won't happen. It won't happen. And let me tell you this. I'll move to my next point and we'll be done. I can't give it to you. Amen. I don't care how much muster, much, how much stuff I can tell you, how much life I can pour into you, how much time I spend with you, how much whatever it is, I can't give it to you. You've got to get it yourself. Amen. Amen. That's right. I've worked with individuals before in the past Of people who want to get clean and people who want to do right. Look, and I can't give, I can't do it for them. I can't. I I can't do it for you. You have to make a personal decision, a personal choice that you're going to live for Jesus, that you're going to want forgiveness of sins. You have to do that. I, I I want people to go to heaven, but just because I want them to go to heaven doesn't mean that they're going to go there either. They have to make a choice. Where they put Jesus as Lord. And I'm going to be done. Lastly, number three is there. Number one is the apostles heard. No, number two, there they arose trouble. And then number three, they accepted the truth. In verse number 12, we go back to the middle of the scripture that we read, and the Bible says But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. There's a couple things to note. Number one is, as we see that they believed, what truth did they believe? They accepted the truth that Jesus was the way to heaven. That's what they accepted. Not only did they accept the truth of Jesus being the way to heaven, but they accepted the truth, once you get saved, you need to be baptized. That's what they accepted. So the moment they got saved is that they jumped in the baptismal pool and got baptized. I don't know how many people got baptized that day. I don't know how many people believed, but they accepted the truth. So let's look at this today, and I want you to accept this truth. This truth is Jesus is the only way to heaven. Let's accept that truth today. I can't get you there. Your, Your church can't get you there. Money can't get you there. Accept the truth that Jesus is the only way to heaven this morning, that truth. Accept that truth. And if you've accepted that truth, then you need to be baptized. If you've never been baptized after, you've accepted the truth. Baptism doesn't come before you accept the truth, baptism comes after you accept the truth. Amen. I'm done. The apostles heard, there arose trouble, and they accepted the truth. Many people will leave church on a weekly basis and choose not to believe this book. And choose to not not believe in their chance to go to heaven. They will. They'll choose it. It's up to you, your choice, your decision this morning. What will you do with the truth that you've been given? And I'll say this, and I'm going to close. Please don't cause trouble. Okay? Amen. Please don't cause trouble. If you've got trouble, you've got something going on, truly come speak to me. Come talk to us. Come tell us what's going on so we can maybe take care of what's going on. Lord, I love you. Thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you've done, how you saved me. Lord, I pray.